Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Buddy. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Man looks in the abyss. There's nothing staring back at him. At that moment, man finds his character. And that is what keeps him out of the abyss. Bud. When I get a hold of the son of a bitch who leaked this, I'm going to tear his eyeballs out and I'm going to... Suck his fucking skull? Is it suck his fucking skull? That's what it says. Why wouldn't it be fuck his fucking skull? Fuck his sucking skull? What you is can this? say fuck his fucking skull. You can say whatever you want. No one's going to look it up. <laughs> when I get a hold of the son of a bitch who leaked this, I'm going to tear his eyeballs out and I'm going to fuck his fucking skull. Maybe that's too many fucks. Maybe that's why they went with the suck. It's alliterative. <laughs> I'm definitely going to use the one where you're asking all the questions about the line. <laughs> Kill the theme song. song, baby, yeah. Money never sleeps, pal. Just made 800,000 Hong Kong gold. It's all about bucks, kid. Now, what's worth doing is worth doing for money. Read Sun Tzu, The Art of War. Every battle is won before it's ever fought. When I get hold of the son of a bitch who leaked this, I'm going to tear his eyeballs out. I'm going to suck his fucking skull. All right. Greed is good. In Wall Street in 1987, and turns out today still as well. Things are <laughs> even more messed up. I bet things are even more messed up than Wall Street 2, uh, whenever that was done a few years back. Mr. Oliver Stone. Uh, we have uh, directing, Oliver Stone directing, yes. Uh, Michael Douglas, Charlie Sheen, Daryl Hannah, Martin Sheen, Hal Holbrook, Terrence Stamp, couple other faces you would no doubt recognize, including, uh, what's his name? John C. McGinley. Come on. Very important role. Um, Wall Street, we have young trader Bud Fox. God, I hate that name. Okay, Bud Fox. He's junior, very junior, and he wants to be huge. He has a hero in the world, and one day that hero, also named after a lizard, is uh, willing to take a meeting of his and um, realizes there's some mutual benefit to bending some rules uh, at the time. These guys watch trading places and they decide to pull off some insider trading and a few other things (laughs) as it goes through. And of course, um, uh, Bud's own dad, who's a hard-working guy for an airline, maybe a bit of a machinist, maybe he's the... uh, uh, the union rep for his company, one of the three anyway, for the different parts of their business. He's got uh, some information on things that are happening to his airline that Bud maybe decides to use to his own little advantage because he doesn't have much else skill in the world. And craziness ensues as greed fights the two dads, fights honorable intentions, just wanting to be successful. Can't, can't live in Manhattan for a couple hundred bucks. Gotta go live in Queens, a lot cheaper. Money, greed is good. All the good things about Wall Street, um, you remembered them, right? Oliver Stone. So this was a kind of a testing movie for me around Oliver Stone because I'm not sure I like Oliver Stone movies. I'll throw that out there. You well, like Platoon? I did kind of like Platoon. Yes, I got a pass. I did like Platoon. So there's yep. one. I mean, so the there rest is of one. them seem to be a little sketchy. I little. Did, I can't, I, yeah. I, well, I mean, the, what are the other ones we watch now? We watched the football one. Yeah, that didn't that didn't that make did it. That did not go well. Any given uh, and, that, 
<laughs> any given Sunday. That's right. So this and is only our third. Yeah, it's true. I have seen some other of his. Like, I guess we really got to do um, Natural Born Killers. JFK. Yeah. And JFK, yeah. I guess we got to get into those because... I mean, he made a bunch that, like, weren't... I didn't like, even at the time, like, I didn't... I like parts of Nixon, but Nixon wasn't... What about Born on the Fourth of July? I have to admit to never seeing that. It did not look like happy material. It's Tommy not, Boy? and I forgot about that. Actually, that yeah, is one Tommy of his Boy. bigger movies too. Is is Born on the Fourth of July? I forgot that was even uh, his. All right. Instead of uh, instead of figuring out that I maybe don't like Oliver Stone, now we've just figured that we have to watch more of him. Damn Excellent. It. Damn it. Darn it. So this is an interesting choice. Uh, obviously, uh, Oliver Stone's dad was a, a Wall Street guy, and this movie seemed to have been written to honor or as a warning story i don't know exactly what his dad's role in this kind of thing would have been but really interesting that he follows up platoon with another two fathers story here in wall street yeah kind of a different different stakes for sure um yeah that's an interesting move i'm sure his dad's meant to be more like the buddy fox as opposed to the gordon gecko right it wouldn't really be like he he dedicates it to his father i can't imagine him doing that if, Maybe it's um, Lou, that Lou character who always has those nuggets of wisdom and doesn't want the quick wins and isn't willing to sell his soul. Which one's that? Lou, the old guy in the office who never wants to take his tips but always has the you know the little proverbs to go back, like money makes you do things you don't want to do, son. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that probably could have been based on his father. That actually would have been a good, yeah, because he was like the sage in the office. Yeah, the wise sagey guy. He was a good Telling you sagey what's guy. What. Um, so, I mean, like one thing this movie does a, a decent job of is, is setting up how crazy things are, um, on wall street working as traders, like the jobs that they're doing, having to make those cold calls, trying to get people to buy, buy some stocks. And if you can turn around and, and do a little bit better, you get a corner office the next day. Yeah. That um, seemed, uh, he had like one good month and they like fucking completely rearranged the office for him or something. It's because he started yeah, breaking salesman records. Salesman of the month. Salesman he, of the month. He broke, he broke the records, and he had Gordon Gecko as a client. I think they were trying to suck at the teat of Gordon Gecko's <laughs> see, we, clientness. See, we talked, about, we, we, we talked about this, though. We talked about him having Gordon Gecko as a client a little bit in the movie, and and from all from all of the information that I gleaned from like what was going on in the dialogue, I don't think that Gordon Ge people knew that, other than his buddy, maybe, that Gordon Gecko was a continuing client because Gecko's character never wanted people to know what he was doing, so he's always using people to do his stock trading. But it was, he was always disassociating himself from them and getting them to buy stock, their friends to buy stock once again to spread it around. But he didn't yeah. want people knowing. Well, that, that was to manipulate was, the stock. I don't think he cared that that people knew. Like it's it's like Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett's not buying into a brokerage without everybody knowing that that's happening. Probably he had a meeting with Bud where his Bud's lawyer said, "Once you sign this document, none of your trades are going to go through Gordon. They're all on you. And if anything happens, you're on your own." He there is a meeting they had where he said, "You're no longer. It's going to look appear like you're just doing all of this alone." I missed that. I thought that the whole risk thing was the same as they told him in the brokerage before he had Gordon Gecko, where he was eating all his own losses. 
Yeah. Do you remember and, and that, Johnny? The that way, yeah, the way the way I took it, and yes, that meeting happened with um, what's his name from yeah, um, Body Bag. Oh, I forget that actor's coming name. Home right <laughs> yeah. uh, coming home in a body bag. Yeah, coming home in a body bag. I'll fucking have you killed. Um, <laughs> that's just so funny. Saul Rubinick. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. So yeah, he is the lawyer. So I mean, while they did sign those papers, I I don't know if in general Gordon wouldn't want everyone to know that Bud was buying stuff on his behalf, but there are certainly some positions that Gordon would want to create for himself, buying immense amounts of stock in certain companies without people knowing that it's actually Gordon Gecko um, that was that was doing the buying. So, Yeah, because that was the big move. Like, was That was the midway point in the movie. He says, from now on, going forward, like, if anything happens, you're on your own. Like, you will not be affiliated with Gordon Gecko or his company. Yep. So, no, I so think, at the I think, end of the movie, I think... Uh, well, that's also because Gordon was having him do some very illegal things so yeah um, to, to, protect, to protect even even his own people he was constantly telling to buy stock on offshore accounts that were like not once again going to be able to be easily linked to him so yeah he used a lot of like shadow uh people to buy stock for him and bud was doing the exact same thing with his lawyer buddy he was giving oh, yeah. his lawyer buddy money to buy stock and then he was going to give him a cut of what they made illegally so yeah. uh, James Spader's character, which yeah, by the way, right. we should at this point address probably the biggest problem with this movie is that he doesn't seem to do any of this with any care or um, <laughs> caution. Like he out just outright in the fucking bullpen of his brokerage is telling people to buy it. Like they have to know it's a fucking pump scheme. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then the lawyer friend, which we don't know at the beginning when he's telling him to buy in, but we find out later is a high end, basically a stock lawyer. So at the beginning when he's like, but, but I don't really know about that. Like he would be like, no, I know about this. This is incredibly poorly done. We're going to get caught 100%. Like yep. it's it. And it doesn't make any sense that Gordon Gecko would put himself at that level of risk like he wouldn't have that exposure to it he wouldn't hire somebody like like fucking bud that was so ineloquent at performing illegal activities to make that money right insider trading happens all the goddamn time but it's done secrecy right that's the important yeah. thing not screaming in the bullpen hey buy this buy this hey buy this buy this like Jacko was telling all those little nods and stuff he said, He's spread saying, a little around to your friends, to your but friends, he wouldn't say, yeah. like, just walk yeah. around in just a, couple, like a crowd. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's true. No, that's very true. I mean, I, I did I, like the motives for why Gecko. The motives are all good. I just find the actual. Just because he just, he just was, he's constantly looking for somebody who's immoral. And once he finds someone who's immoral and will do things that are, you know, like are over way over the line. Then he he um you know he they're like his stallions he 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 tra he trains them up and stuff and then sends them out into the world. So I kind of like that aspect of the movie, but I agree with you that and that Bud was going like. to the heads of the firm and telling them to buy the stock too. Yeah, th so I don't know if that's a mistake on Bud's part because when when Gecko was saying you know you do this you buy a whole bunch offshore in these thousand blocks. And then when it gets to this, you give your friends your friends a little taste. And I always thought that would be like me having something and coming to you two as my close friends and saying, boys, buy this right now and winking. And you just know that's our signal and you do it with a question. Not go to other brokers 
in your department so they can sell to their sucker friends or or to their best contacts because that just like seemed like it blew up in a very very bad way so i don't know if that was like bud's intention and what gordon wanted him to do or if bud was like making a mistake thinking he was telling all the people he thought were his friends when really only john c mcginley would probably stand in that kind of i don't even think that's how he got caught either i i I think Stockwatch saw i can't remember how he got caught i think the lawyer his lawyer buddy spader uh was a red flag oh yeah yeah. they start talking to him or something but the money he would have given spader would have been significant so that lawyer would have went from like not investing to investing like a significant sum oh totally and, and then making crazy um crazy profits on it that stuff is all red flag stuff yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure. Totally. Yeah. Um, so uh, Bud Fox again. Hate the name. Wish that we could have had a different names because everyone's like, "Oh, thanks, buddy." And where I I don't know. Bud and buddy are kind of can be condescending terms today. So it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Thanks, Unless buddy. Unless you're Canadian, and then it's oh, I thanks, guess. buddy. Hey, it's nice to thanks, see you, buddy. buddy. Hey, thanks, guy. Thanks, guy. Um, Bud. <laughs> Bud acts. Bud is like super, I don't know what the right word is right now as I'm thinking about it. Is it naive? Because like he, he's a trader, right? So he's been educated to do this. So he knows the risks. Um, and then w- within like no time, he shifts to adapt to this kind of criminal lifestyle. But the, I guess Gecko was his huge hero. Um, and so he's willing to do whatever it takes to be at Gordon's level because Gordon's telling him the real way it is and maybe he's buying into it. Um, but one scene in particular kind of bugged me because when when Bud's sitting down with his dad at the bar and the dad's saying about the, the, the decision in court that hasn't been made public, Bud like gets this grin on his face. Like, now I've got some information. I could use this information to make money. Yeah. And then not long after, he goes to meet with Gordon and he Gordon says, tell me what you got. And he pitches him the, the dog with fleas, whatever the fuck. And then it almost seems like an afterthought to him. He's like, oh, no, I don't have anything. Oh, yeah, my dad told me this thing. Maybe I'll tell that to Gordon. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, was that his plan the whole time? Like, was he just keeping that in his back pocket? Was he trying not to do it because he knew it was wrong? Or did he in that moment just be like, uh, I got this? And Gordon's like, that's really interesting. And then on, on he goes that way. Yeah, it's just the look on his face at, at the end of that meeting when he just before he tells him about the blue star stuff that he he looks looks more like it was a remembrance, not like he was fighting his internal demons to not fuck over his dad and that company. So that yeah. was a, a little strange. And then all of a sudden, Bud becomes this super uh, confident. I can present to union reps because I know them, but in this business manner and I can sell all my friends, this other stuff and I'm cool and suave because I got a little cash now. There's something in there where that shift for Bud happens and it doesn't make sense from the, you know, the overwhelmed guy we see at the start. I think the thing that doesn't make sense is that he goes from, and his dad even says kind of, kind of alludes to it, but Bud goes from being a guy that worked the baggage for like a couple summers, right? He was a baggage handler. And then he went to school to become a broker. None of those things prepare you to run an airline. And he like has this three-step master plan that nobody else has considered. And they're going to turn it around. And his dad says, he's like, he's like, who the fuck are you? Like all of a sudden with this plan, like you worked three summers at the fucking baggage. Like you don't know an airline, right? There, There is that leap. And like you're saying, like he's presenting to everyone confidently, like with this master plan, Yep. I don't. I don't know. It just there's a leap there to me of of his 
I don't know of his proficiency or his like and his, his confidence awareness and knowledge well and his confidence too he goes from being a little mousy I guess he starts getting fucked by models and stuff and buying high rises and is doing blow yeah I, I guess I guess there's something in there though that doesn't make sense for me with with Bud's character it, it, maybe it's the confidence maybe it's the um, the, the knowledge uh, the courage I think, come out of nowhere. I think it's with his acting I honestly think Charlie Sheen uh, a lot of the time does a really bad job in this like a couple of other people do too like Daryl Hannah Daryl Hannah is terrible in this for pretty much the most part she also I don't know if it was just the 80s and her haircut and her clothes but she also isn't like I think they try to make her out to be like you know a really hot piece of ass like that he should be going after because Jesus. she's not she's the girl next door she's the splash girl unassuming but very cute next door neighbor tall blonde and you fall in love with her over but in this she's like I don't know who she is in this I movie. don't know what she, the she's fuck such is a bad with her character and her wardrobe and her hair and and her dialogue her hair looks like they took apart a bale and glued together a bunch of straw and then they put it on her and they were like here fucking wardrobe took a vacation day today so this is your hair now it's that's not a rich person's hair that's not a designer's hair this fucking she looks like a trash yeah, the only thing that's yeah. believable about her character is Sorry. She, she was she used to sleep with Gordon Gecko so that she could or become still successful. does. No, well he he asked her to sleep with him again when they're shopping for paintings, and she says, "No, nah, I'm kind of falling in love with Bud," and he's like, "Well, you should be careful because he's not vetted yet or something like that." He, he yeah. wants to go to a hotel with her, and she she turns him politely turns him down. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's only after her and Bud have been dating for quite a while, and I yeah. get the sense that they were still casual fucking I know, they, they laughed about it, though, and called it old times, so it sounds like they maybe haven't been sleeping together for at least a couple of years or something. Yeah. Because they refer to it as, like, the good old days or shit like that. Like Yeah, I kind of felt, felt like John's, maybe... You know that maybe they had more recent thing, but it's it's their relationship is still exists, right? There is there's history there. I think is what we carry. Where they the like each other it doesn't really have a deal breaker like, in that scene. They kind of see each. They like each other's. Uh, the, they they see each other as similar. Like they're the. Well, Gecko the says it. He has a line of dialogue where he just outright says, "Like you're the same as me," and you see that when see when Bud's stuff. gonna step away from that life, she's like, "I can't fucking." hang with you if you're not going to be in the this best. life like I'm yeah like I'm, I'm not here to 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 fall in love and then fucking live in a trailer like I only will love somebody if they also provide or are make possible the life that I need so it's I mean that's all fucking very it also doesn't shallow. make any sense that she doesn't in immediately go to gecko and tell him that bud is gonna betray him like where the yeah. fuck was she she just disappears she says she's loyal to Gecko, and then like never talks to Gecko. Yeah, like, and oh, she right, says he's gonna betray him, and she has a business of her own, right? Like interior decorators don't make a little bit of money when they're doing the job she's doing for the people she is. So, and then then um, she says to Gordon, she's like, "Don't let Bud find out about us," and he's like, "Okay," and then Bud never does find out about them. So that was good. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, of but she would be like, she would be like, <laughs> that went nowhere. <laughs> Gecko would owe her for life if she would have stopped this. 
if she would have like went to him and said he's gonna fuck you like she would have definitely done it she proved in that conversation that she would have done it it's so confusing she just disappears yeah she's she says i can't be with you if you're doing this life uh but i love you and i really like or no i really care for you and bud's like get the fuck out of here and she's like all right i can't be with him so yeah i won't be with him but i do like him so i'm not gonna tell gordon it's so confusing Mm. who is she like who is she for if she was for gordon she would have told him if she was for bud she would have like at least hung around a little bit longer to see what happened maybe he yeah. like maybe he gets wealthy in the play you know and she could still yeah maybe he carves out his own piece of the universe but i <laughs> i don't know that that whole her character just makes little to no sense to me in this movie and then it's just seeing her have to play that almost lady of the nightish thing um doesn't it just doesn't work for me in how i perceive daryl hannah now daryl hannah killed it in in kill bill uh two as um what's her oh, name uh, the one-eyed girl yeah yeah like so totally badass kick out she she sought she sank into that role really well um but in this particular role i'm sorry really bad bad acting and bad bad character i am yeah, yeah, no, she's doesn't capable help her oh yeah. i think she is too which is why it's so weird and like charlie sheen too we saw like he was good in platoon um, he's been good in, in other things. Uh, I, think, I think he, I think, but I don't think he had, um, well, he had, he had some tough stuff to do in Platoon without dialogue. Mm. But once again, I think actually the dialogue and the writing plays a big part in why a lot of the acting isn't good. The actors couldn't They're off flat, shitty, to tell shitty you the writing. Truth. I feel like they're flat. I feel like this movie was constructed around the idea of Gordon Gecko. Like, that was always going to be the superstar character in this, was this big, like, ultra-corrupt, money-over-everything, high-power Wall Street guy, right? And then they would develop everyone else underneath him was kind of just a secondary, because Daryl Hannah and Charlie Sheen in this are both really flat, and they play it really flat, because it's, like, it's almost like that young Keanu Reeves syndrome, where, Mm. you know, there's not a lot of nuance to to the personality. Think, think of the scene where though where Bud Bud confronts him and's like, how much money is enough? How much? How many boats do you need or whatever? That 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 dialogue isn't the worst, but Charlie Sheen delivering it is terrible. Yeah, like those are the scenes he struggled Hashtag with. Tiger blood. Those are the scenes he struggled with, and I I think um I like I was telling you guys before I watched the movie, I think he wasn't very prepared for this movie because. He was coming off of the, the fame and fortune from Platoon, and uh, he even he even admits that he's embarrassed by his performance in this movie. I believe because he was not he was he was out late at night partying and having fun, lots of drugs, lots of girls, lots of booze, and then he would show up on set, and he wouldn't be prepared. Should have been Emilio. We got the wrong brother here. Yeah. Emilio. I always Emilio. wondered how how Martin Emilio. Sheen would have thought well, when his son that? that's Emilio. Martin's Martin's son <laughs> shows up every day for work, coked out of his head, like, "Let's do this scene, Dad." <sighs> oh God, yeah. I wonder how he Martin Sheen did feel. Good to see you, Dad. Yeah. Have you ever said how much I love you? I really love you. Let's do this scene acting. <laughs> of course, Martin was probably like, "I'm right there with your boy." Did you get that hooker I sent you last night? You was fucking great. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, something else really funny in this movie, and this is a, a random side story, but uh, if anyone here has ever uh, watched The West Wing, I know you two have seen it. Um, 
when when they show Martin Sheen putting on his uh, sport coat as the president every time, he does this weird flip over his head thing instead of just putting the jacket on one arm at a time like most people would do. So that you can actually go on YouTube and see a clip of all the times he did that. And in this movie, when um, Bud Fox is pitching his amazing, I'm going to restructure your whole company in a page, here's a document... Um, and Martin Sheen gets up and he's like, well, I've seen it all. I'm going to embarrass my boy big time here uh, in front of everybody. He stands up to leave and he does the same whip over his head move with his coat. So now I'm wondering, can Martin Sheen put on a coat normally? Thoughts? Uh, I say no. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it in the West Wing many times too. It's funny that you noticed that. I didn't notice it until you pointed it out. I don't know why. I think it's so cool to have a special jacket put on technique. It's something that you never see somebody do and you're like, oh, that's a really cool way to put on a jacket that I hadn't thought about. I want to do the head over thing. Uh, I'm going to work on it. Yeah, I think we should. So Michael Douglas, though, I find that his performance in this is is quite good. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, Michael Douglas is good. Yeah. Yeah, the whole, even all of the Gordon character, I mean... He won the Oscar for this, hey? He did? Yes, so so this is the only movie apparently in history where, like where a, a, an actor in a movie won a Best Oscar and an actor in this movie won the Raz Award for Worst Actress and Daryl Hannah won the Raz for Worst oh, Actress. No. Yeah, so Call like even this. at the time, like it's not that time has made her... Her acting worse. It was shitty, like in nineteen whatever this movie, eighty whatever this came out. Everyone was like, "She's terrible." Okay, I'd I'd really like to know what went up against because Gecko is a solid. He's a solid bad guy. Like you know what he's about. You sus- you're suspicious of him right away. He's too confident. He's got the greasy slick back hair. He's a huge jerk. So I'll give him all that, that I know exactly where Gordon Gecko stands, and I'm not surprised. Was this Oscar worthy performance? I don't know. People must have really been taken by that greed is good speech, which somehow he is able to do that greed is good line without being as smarmy as it could have been because he was trying to convince a crowd of shareholders that he was going to be able to take control of that company and either write it or make them a fuck ton of money. And he somehow did it with the tone and the way he delivered that as a as a practical statement rather than, hey, everybody, money's fucking awesome. <laughs> okay, so here it is. 1988 Oscars, actor in a leading role, winner Michael Douglas for Wall Street, surprisingly. Nominees, William Hurt for Broadcast News. Great Marcello movie. Mastrioni for Dark Eyes. Jack Nicholson for Iron Weed. And then... Our boy, baby boy, Robin Williams for Good Morning Vietnam, who I think deserves it over this. Uh, I think I Good think Morning Hurt, Vietnam is probably a better role than this. I think Broadcast News. I would, I would go with Hurt and Broadcast News, but I, I've, really, I've seen that movie a bunch, and I really like that movie. Um, they, apparently, everybody told Oliver Stone that Daryl Hannah was miscast, but he admitted later that he was too proud uh, to replace her, so he kept her on. And apparently, wow. Sean, Ch- Charlie Sheen and Sean Young didn't get along so badly that Charlie Sheen at one point put a note on the back of her, stuck a note on the back of her clothing that said, I'm a cunt. And nobody pointed it out to her. <laughs> oh, so she walked no. around all day with that sign on her back. Oh, my God. How do you not quit? 
the next I day. I don't know. I don't Holy know. Shit. I guess right, an Oliver Stone movie, you get paid a lot of money. I wonder if that had some kind of, uh, if people maybe felt the same. I don't know anything about Sean Young, Young personally. I do know that, if, if, did I remember that she was even in this movie until you just mentioned it? No, I did not. I did not either. The she's only, she's thing only I, there at the house party. The only I thing I remember her from in any movie really is Blade Runner. And that's Blade Runner it. and, um, and uh, the helicopter movie with uh, with Nick Cage, Firebirds maybe, where they fly the Apaches. What? She's a helicopter pilot in that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't remember oh, yeah. that movie at all. And Charlie let's Sheen not forget redigitaled uh, young Sean Young is in the new Blade Runner looking fucking awful. All those scenes in the new Blade Runner where Sean Young is, is there talking to old Harrison Ford uh, make me want to throw up. Oh, I don't so remember bad. that stuff either. Huh. Don't watch it ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so like the, the, the stuff that happens in this movie, like the taking over of Blue Star and the way that he wants to break the company up, that actually made more sense to me in this movie. Big, big piece of shit as it was. Um, so it, it, it's really interesting that um, with some of the bad acting going on and some of the miscast people, at least I can still follow the story and I'm not a stock expert whatsoever, but I could still get elements of why... Um, people like Deco exist. Like when he's going to take away Blue Star, he's got pe- they got people begging for all these parts. They'd have the contacts to flesh that out. Um, and especially egregious, the thing that I think they focused on to make sound the worst was the uh, the union, um, the the pension, um, because this company did such a good job of taking care of its employees. They've overstuffed that pension, and maybe the thinking of the pension folks was uh, Martin Sheen that you know when we retire, we'll we'll all walk away with tons of cash. And Gecko's like, uh, you'll have the minimum required and I'll just take the rest because I own it now. Um, I wouldn't think something like that would would definitely not be legal, but apparently it might have been. Yeah, I've got to feel like those things would be separate. Usually your pension fund is somewhere else. Like the uh, like the, the Wisconsin fucking school teachers or whatever own the Green Bay Packers. Like that's separate, right? It's like invested money or whatever, usually in like mutual funds or some type of shit. Yeah, Bud's the one who tells him that too, and that's what that you, I watching it again, I could see Michael Douglas did a little thing when he said that, uh, where he was like, "Oh, really? Seventy-five million? Uh, that's interesting." Tom Cruise apparently wanted this part, but but Oliver Stone had already cast Sheen, so he he didn't give it to him. Wanted the mm. Tom wanted Cruise to play, wanted the Tom Cruise wanted to play Bud. Cruise would have been a way greater Bud Fox. Oh yeah, much. Oh better. my God, he come. He Th- might have. This movie yeah. is actually like you're starting to get uh, quite a few notches up. I think if you put Cruise in this role, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, you would have. Big and time. Eighty eight Cruise, so it would have been like Top Gun Cruise. It'd have been the exact same time around the top, when he he did Top Gun the year before. So he'd have been in that kind of that age and his ability. He would have been great in this. Hmm. He could bring a sophistication to the. Oh, absolutely! A lot of non-verbal shit. You wouldn't need to rely on this uh, bad dialogue. Well, he's good at bad dialogue. He says that's what I'm saying. Is is because is because he he can do so much without saying anything. So the dialogue's not as important. He can just also spin really shitty dialogue into gold, like fucking nobody's business. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. he totally can. I don't know how. It's because he's Uh, goddamn charismatic. 
It is. It's he finds a way. He fi- good actors find a way, even if it's bad dialogue. That's why it's tough, right? But there is a lot of I think a lot of bad dialogue for the Charlie Sheen's character in this movie. Yeah, but and his, his name is Buddy. Like that's fucking. I know so that's stupid. really though, bad too. Like to have Gordon Gecko. Like the whole the whole idea, by the way, that Gordon Gecko calls him Buddy and he calls Gordon Gecko Gigi, is like. That's like something yeah, that's you call your terrible. grandpa or your grandma. Yeah. Like, why not just call him Gammy? Like, it's the fucking worst nicknames. <laughs> Gammy. I know his name is Buddy, not a nickname, right but Jesus. Like, stop that. And the there fox like, and the gecko, why not pick two animals that are actually, like, predatory on one another? Like, why not Gordon Gecko be fucking be Fendrick Bud Fox? Hen. and Yeah, Bud Hen. There you go. Bud Cock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or they could have named him Gordon Bull. Yeah, GB, what's up? Oh, and I'm I'm Bud stock Bear. Names. That will stock be Bud. <laughs> also, apparent. So Charlie Sheen's uh, father, real father, and movie father, Martin Sheen, has a heart attack in this movie, and Bud goes and smokes some cigarettes in his room. And, yeah. uh, in his <laughs> after, hospital room. after lecturing him in the beginning about smoking <laughs> about cigarettes. Smoking. But anyways, apparently he does cry, and uh, he's quite convincing in in that that moment. And apparently he said he based it on when he was a little kid, and his father had the heart attack during Apocalypse Now. He used that memory to uh, to make himself cry uh, during that scene. So I thought that was kind of interesting too. That is a hard scene to watch. Actually, very well done um, by Sheen for for getting the tears out because his his he knows that everything has gone bad. I I'd like to. I guess really stressful situations can cause a heart attack to happen. I'm not sure if that's a straight one to one. Like uh, I'm I'm sitting at work. I got a letter. They're fucking my company. I have a heart attack on the spot. I guess that could happen. I don't um, know, but they don't. They didn't know. That's what I'm saying is they didn't know he was fucking their company. Even when they come in and and uh, and accuse him of it, the other people come in. He's like, "What are you guys talking about? We have a deal." Like. The only reason they knew is because Charlie Sheen told them, and Charlie yeah. Sheen hadn't talked to his father yet. I think his they they talk about his father's bad health throughout the movie. They do, but so but I also, think it was it was a coincidence. I don't think it had anything to do with Blue Star, the heart attack, anyway. But it's interesting because Bud goes in there and immediately is like, "I'm so sorry," and starts crying. So like, I thought the dad definitely knew for whatever Bud says to him in that scene. It, he was talking to him like he knew. Well, the last time they saw they saw each other, they had to fight in the elevator, and uh, yeah. he said he would let his men. He'd say he say he also said some terrible things to his father. So awesome, I thought he was yeah. apologizing for his, uh, you know, those things. But no, he goes uh, right on about how he's going to fix it, and and the dad is like, "I'm proud of you," and I'm like, "Oh God, that's horrible! <laughs> you just destroyed my life, everyone at this company's life, yeah. uh, and I'm proud of you." <laughs> By the way. Um, I guess the company does get their own control back. They get control of the company back. Yeah, because they do something to get him out of there. So yeah, Gordon sells his shares. Yeah, I. Yeah, so if I go into a company and I like buy an interest in the company, I'm trying to think of like how stocks work, right? If I buy enough stocks in a company, can I just then do whatever the fuck I want to it? Like I know there's ownership positions. I know you can like become majority shareholder. Um, I just don't, I don't know how clean the connection is between I own more stocks than anyone. So now I can shut the whole company down. Like 
I guess there's no way to stop someone like Gordon from doing that. That's I uh, I've never quite understood exactly it, how that works. Case. Like I don't that doesn't feel right to me. All all you do by owning that isn't it just makes you a majority voter and but then so you, you can vote, vote for direction, you but you can't like, be like you're fired and blah blah blah. Like I don't know, maybe you can. I don't maybe you can. really know how it works. Yeah, maybe you can. Feel like we should uh actually took some education on this. I feel like I should remember some of that fucking details. Nah. This is also one of the two other things that are, are not very good in this movie is this is one of the uglier movies I've ever seen, cinematography-wise. So, it's like it gray ugly. and flat and ugly. The music in this movie is oh, bad, Oh, the music bad, is bad, fucking bad, Stuart bad, Copeland. Bad. <laughs> Stuart Copeland, who I have no idea who he is, did this whole thing. Um, every time they have a big scene in the movie, they then do some kind of establishing shot of New York. And it's every single one is the fucking makes New York uglier than I thought was possible. It's, it's just smoggy. Foggy, it looks grimy. It looks garbage. And they, they take the time to show these big wide shots. It's like, here's our trashy city. So, I mean, by the end of it, I was like, that has to be on purpose to like reinforce how shitty this is all supposed to feel. I feel like it has to be. New York has a ton of things you could show. It'd be like Central Park, for instance. You could just show that instantly or a lot of the architecture. Like you could be showing those other things to show different New York. But I feel like you do a disservice to the movie if you do that. Like they're just I, I think it's got to be intentional. I don't like it because it really drags down everything. It really makes you feel kind of fucking Blech. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just—it's not even—it's not even that it's like necessarily like ugly. It's just blah and bland and like it's nothing. Like there's—it's so weird. It's—it was a weird choice. Yeah, you know what? Give me the look. Give me proper New York with maybe like a thunderstorm, something like that. Like if you want to convey these emotions, like use some other things instead of just yeah, smog like it's raining all the time, like in seven or something. Lack where of it was always interesting it was colors. Always raining. Yeah, it was always raining in seven. Yeah, seven's I mean, always raining, always like, dark. But 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 seven cinematography is amazing. But you, oh yeah. But the, the, that city is gross, and that and the, it's still gritty. But it's also well, think beautiful. about that that shot through all the power lines at the end of seven, right? Mm-hmm. Let's think about the palette on that. It's basically all yellows, right? Yeah. It's just all these like like fucking, I don't know. It's like these these desert yellows, right? Yeah. Um. So that is way more beautiful than any shot we have here of New York. Yeah. And it's and it's really it's a color palette that isn't particularly um interesting. It's just yellows. Think, think but look think about just the just the police station in 7 where where they're having the big conversation about the greed, the all of the seven sins and stuff. The p- police station is gritty and grimy and feels like grounded but it's beautiful there's there's colors that pop in different places and stuff and it actually looks like i really suppose appealing. contrast this movie seems to lack contrast that yes, it yeah. just seems like it seems like the colors have. bleed into the other colors there's no definition Absolutely. to the scene yeah, yeah it's it's just flat flat which is flat weird even like in gordon's office which is a huge office with big windows but then like his views are i fuck i don't know even bud's apartment when he gets it He's like rich for a week and he buys a million dollar apartment. Yes. Um, which is <laughs> yeah, crazy. Even his yeah. view of the waterfront doesn't do it for me. The outside of his building trash too. Yeah. Like, what kind of sh- that's always a sh- shitty building on the outside. The one they were showing, maybe it wasn't the same actual building, but they made it look like it. Did <laughs> you guys get- know that Pacino was offered this role of uh, Gecko too? 
Wow. Hoo-wah. Pacino turned it down. Greed is good. Hoo ah. <laughs> Buddy, call me Gigi. <laughs> he scream. He would have screamed even more than uh, than Ma- Michael Douglas did. He'd oh, be screaming so. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like then. Then so then we go to um, uh, after all the shit goes down. We have our kind of one of our final scenes with Gordon and and Bud meeting in the park, so Gordon can beat him down and leave. That's the only time there's any color in the movie. It's green. That's like the best shot in the movie. <laughs> but then, um, I don't know why Gordon wanted that meeting. He wanted to see him face to face and punch him. And Bud like went just to take it because he's wired. I get that part of it. Um, but then it, it doesn't even seem to... They're, <laughs> they're like, we're going to get Mr. Gecko for what for what was said. And maybe we'll reduce your sentence, kid. And, and Martin, or Charlie Sheen's like, oh, Dad, I'm going to jail. It's like kind of a downer ending, like even though oh, the Gordon, ending is bullshit because yeah. we all know that Gordon Gecko paid his way out of it and is still yeah. doing the exact same shit. And we know yeah. that Charlie Sheen went to jail now, which which is dumb also. Right. Well, I mean, he deserved it for all the crazy shit he did. He deserves it. But the, the idea that he like he comes. So that's so that's part of what confuses me is that at the end, they're like. So I know we talked about that you don't always need to have the character have an arc, right? But his he ends up in no different place than he began. He only turns on Gecko. He only goes the right way because he gets caught. Otherwise, there's no reason for him to change. Yeah, it wasn't So what he choice. actually does is he betrays his father when he sees an opportunity to get ahead. Then yep. he betrays his other father when he sees a chance to get ahead, to get out of trouble, right? <laughs> yeah. So all we constantly do is see Bud... Um, act in his own self-interest, which I guess goes along with the greed is good idea, but it doesn't really do anything interesting for us with that character in terms of the movie because you're leading us down a different path. You're leading us down this like moral right versus this left side, right? Like Gordon Gecko is saying greed is good, but he's actually like the bad side of this equation, right? Charlie Sheen's actual dad, the fucking um, whatever Fox guy, the airline guy, is yep. talking to him about how money's not everything, right? And there's like this moralistic, like, truth. There's this absoluteness to to goodness that you should be following and not worrying about all this stuff. Like when he's like, produce something, create, don't just own people. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't make yep. your money off of other people's, like, make something for yourself. And none of that ever comes to fruition, no, you, you're supposed to think that Charlie Sheen learned his lesson by the end because he was going to do the right thing. But we don't get to live with that. We only I mean, again, it's the it's the kind of vague ending where you kind of well, I mean, don't watch Wall Street, too, uh, although Bud's not even mentioned in that. Um, but really, yeah, like you don't get to see Bud grow. You get to see a whole bunch of things happen to Bud almost out of his control by the end. And he's they're kind of setting it up he's going to pay for his crimes everyone like a good boy should and then it's it it's like oh and i have no confidence gecko goes to jail and if he does no. his life will be disrupted i think we later find out that he does go to jail but as soon as he gets out he goes back to becoming a multi-billionaire by the way john just said right there the, the good thing he does the good thing but what does he do so gordon gecko teaches him how to manipulate uh the system and make money so then Gordon goes against his father so then what he does is he takes the shitty shit he used and he uses the same exact things that he learned from Gecko to go against Gecko and make money 
So like, but make money for his father and his father's friends and stuff instead of for Gordon. So like, he's just, he's doing it the exact same thing. He's just doing it for a different, different people. So like, how good is that? I don't, he's manipulating the market again. And like, other people are going to get hurt with him manipulating the market. Other people are going to be someone else. money. Everyone keeps yeah. saying it. They're like, if we don't do it, someone else is just going to come along and do it to us. So it's like there's no end of the shit there. So I'm not sure what the moral message is here at the end of the day. It should be do the just illegal shit. Bad. Just be a bit smarter than than Bud. And if you, if yeah. you want to live the good life, then you got to suffer uh, for years like Carl Fox does. So it's like, okay... So just don't play in stocks at all? Is that kind of the lesson there? This movie wandered. It doesn't really have a good message. And they do do the theme stated right at the beginning. Uh, I can't remember the exact dialogue of it, but we all saw it right away. Yep. Where it's basically like there's no easy way. You know what I mean? Shortcut, yeah. You can't blah, blah, blah. shortcut. I like um, the uh, you can't get a little pregnant is another great line. Too. That's a great line, actually. That's probably the best line of dialogue in the movie, maybe. Pro- yeah, yep. I think so. I think so um, as well. Very memorable. I mean, there's some other before, stuff, obviously, but, it, but but I it definitely rang true. It was a it was a good line for that scene. Yeah, I agree. Sure. It's, I mean, the movie just doesn't really give you what it's supposed to. This movie has all the opportunity to give us like an excellent theme and then drill home a point and a message. And you could make the characters fucking arc or not, but some but where there should be a fucking point, right? Yeah. But you don't really give us a point at the end. You just, you lazily tell us, you clumsily tell us that to be good is probably better, right? Act in accordance with morals or whatever. But it's it's just done in such a fucking heavy-handed, bad way. And all the tools are there to be a little bit more sophisticated about it. I don't know why this movie struggled through that. <clears throat> like, what the, if Even I'm... the ending where Bud <clears throat> just goes to jail and Gecko's just what? he's As far as we know, he's still punching things in the park. It, it, fucking who knows, right? I think we're it's supposed like... to assume he goes to jail, but we all know what really happens. Yeah, it's like um, Sixth Sense at the end. It's just like, oh, they arrested him. It's like, what? No, wait now. What is that? I don't even know if that's important, right? Like, what if instead, um, what if Daryl Hannah's character uh, or there was another maybe interest who wasn't also a money grubbing, uh, whatever gold digger, whatever she is, trying to you know spend time with only people who can further. What if she had more of Martin Sheen's um, kind of sensibility? Uh, yeah, that way she could pull at Bud and and really give him the gears for like her only warning evident warning message to Bud is don't cross the more evil guy. When instead it could have been like, come back to the good side, Bud. And Bud could have been torn because he's making so much money. He's doing so many powerful things and he's making Gordon happy, which is what he wants. Um, I don't know, like the the moral compass is staying only in the two father characters. um, Pulling at him equally seems to leave him in this kind of space where he's going to be like, yeah, I did the right thing, but I'm going to regret that for the rest of my life because I'm going to be a piece of shit. And also him, I feel like him making the decision to go with his father is kind of almost not, it's just such a no-brainer. Gordon's like, you can make a bunch of money with me, but I'm, I'm going to destroy your your father and your family and yeah. all your family's <laughs> friends. And it's like, ooh, that's a tough fucking choice. Of course he's going <laughs> to fucking save his father. And he can make his father money and himself and all his friends money too. So it's not like he's going to go broke saving his father. So no. how is that a tough choice? It's the easiest fucking choice in the world. 
Which also, again, speaks against Gordon Gecko's savviness because he would choose to rather do this one deal and make this money, which isn't going to be a significant money in the grand scheme of how much he has or what yeah, the deals him. he has going on, right? And he has now developed this resource, Bud Fox, who is like going to lie, cheat, and steal for him. He's got a guy in his hand. That resource, I have to believe, a loyal man, I have to believe, is much more valuable than this one-time deal where you fuck that guy's father over and lose the not only the allegiance of this guy, but you make an enemy that now knows your deals. Yeah, it doesn't speak to me. Um, smart. Of a That's smart actually a great guy. point. Yeah, I think yeah. you're of right. a guy that would be like interested and 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 sophisticated in the in the battleground of like underhanded stock manipulation right yeah you let this feel guy like in. make a better decision yeah you let this guy and give him all your secrets and then you betray him yeah Instantly, that's a yeah. terrible terrible decision on Gecko's yeah it's true it's true even so bud kind of um bud goes to the dark side pretty quickly in this i i don't feel like i don't feel like his struggle his struggle was just making gordon happy because you know, as much as Bud seems to want to want to be hugely successful, we had to start guessing at how much Bud might be actually making from these deals he's helping out with. That's never really quite made plain. And it's also further confused by the fact that Bud stays as a junior trader with his company. They do give him a promotion. But like there seem to be days where he's not showing up to work and they're like, oh, oh, to get all day, I see. And, and that boss... That confusing, stupid boss character who's like, you're the worst. You're the best. You're the worst. I should never have hired you. I knew you from the moment I laid eyes on you. That yeah, asshole. Well, like, that That th makes no fucking sense either. There was two, two, there was two guys. I don't know why they had the, I guess, they had the two guys. They had the Lou Mannheim guy or whatever. And then they had the guy that was the sage who wouldn't take his stock tips. They're yeah. the two stepdads. Uh, yeah, yeah and, I guess. Uh, and uh, he and the one guy was taking his stock tips and giving him promotions and giving him offices. And then the other guy was just like, I'm going to hide in my office and pretend like I don't see any of this. Just like, what? Like, how did how was there no conflict between those two older gentlemen who are running the ex their uh, firm? Like, yeah, one of them clearly just goes with the wind, the way whatever the wind is blowing, he's with it. So. As soon as the stock stock watch guys come, he instantly turns on Bud. Instantly. But when, actually, he's making this, when he's making money, he yeah. fucking gives Bud whatever he wants. So and actually, like, this is another too. great point that you just made, actually, is that that's another huge contradiction to the point that the movie's trying to make. Because out of his two, whatever, step uncles or fucking stepfathers, whatever these guys <laughs> yeah. are, the one is the moral right and the other is the moral wrong. And out of those two, the moral wrong guy is the guy that does better. Yeah. So you counterfeit the greater point of the other side of the argument by showing us the impact to these guys who are making those decisions and who both have that that legitimate kind of like power over him or that guidance over him as far as like you're saying like the bosses like a father figure or mentors or whatever. And the guy that's taking all his advice and being a fucking underhanded is the guy that does better. And the other guy is the guy that never takes his advice. He also lost all his money we learned at the beginning because he did everything the proper way. And they're basically like, that's what fucking being on the up and up gets you is nothing it's, in the end. Yeah, it's like the message at the end is, is the only way to get stinking rich is to be a fucking awful person and put yourself at like a lot of risk. If you don't do that, you can have your morals, but you're going to live like shit and be poor and grind, yeah, grind down the, to a nub. It's like there's no... 
it's it's that class war it's that terrible like juvenile way immature way of looking at the class war that that rich people are unhappy but they have lots of things but poor people they drive shitty cars and they live in shitty houses but they're happy and like it's that's as simple as it is it's like no it's not that simple and uh like i'm not five like give me some complexity in your writing it's terrible because like at the end his father and mother in their shitty car and their you know white collar clothes are driving him in a suit to go to jail it's just like so let's also take a moment to consider the misogynism um that's that's in this movie because we get um, almost no female characters and the ones we do we have a lady in another department who's bad in bed um, we have a hooker we have Daryl Hannah whatever she is like some a kind leech of, she's a leech um, we have Sean Young as Kate Gecko, who's the unassuming I don't know if she's a stay-at-home or not um, yeah, that, those are those are our great female characters. I think the the realtor Dolores is probably the strongest character, and fucking <laughs> Charlie Sheen smacks her down so bad in the last scene she's in. It's like fuck you too, just sell the fucking place, bitch, and walks yeah. away. So this movie, yeah, this movie true. is actually not diverse from a female Darryl character Hannah perspective. Also accused Oliver Stone of being misogynistic, but yeah, yet still took the role. Yeah, so like fuck you, Daryl Hannah, like for calling that shit out and being in the movie. Oh come on, we'd all fucking that- we'd all get hazed for a fucking role in a movie. You could fucking every morning just c- c- wake up and call me cunt, and then every time I do a scene, be like, "Great scene, cunt! You're fucking terrible. You're shitty. Just pay me. Just pay yeah. me all the money and let just me do a movie." Or you want to talk about misogynist? Like the fact that um Charlie Sheen put that sign on the back of a woman. A co-actor, That's, yeah, his her back, and everybody on the set looked the other way while she walked around with the word "cunt" on her back. Like that's pretty, pretty, pretty fucking misogynistic. That's a terrible That's set terrible. for a woman that, to be working in that environment. No wonder Hollywood is so crazy around that stuff. If that's <laughs> well, the I don't norm, know. like what would keep Sean? I mean, the paycheck, obviously, but like that—that that she would stay. I mean, she couldn't have been on set for more than a couple of days. She's in one scene. Yeah, like but maybe still, <laughs> that's the apparently worst. she was. But apparently, Sean Young was was showing up late, and she was not prepared, which is why her role in the movie is so is so little. Charlie, uh, she was doing the same thing. <laughs> I know, but Charlie Sheen's the star. She was trying to convince Oliver Stone that Daryl Hannah was terrible and to give her the role, and then showing up late and not prepared and whatever. She was. And right I'm not about saying that. that any of that warrants the cunt sign on her back. I'm just no. saying like, no. She was clearly not, um, she was not bought in to the movie. Do you know what I mean? She wasn't putting everything into this. Um, So she maybe didn't deserve more than that one scene. Yeah. That part might be fair. But yeah, like it does seem like all of her Yeah, she doesn't uh, deserve to be called a cunt and then, you know, bullied ever. Yeah. Yeah. At least back in 88 was not very, his, his, the way he treated women didn't seem uh, good. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> even even so here's another thing just to add into the confusing overall messages and themes in this movie is they bring in Terrence Stamp Sir Larry Wildman who actually seems like I don't know this guy we're given a bit of his backstory and how he put his foot on Gecko's neck at some point and Gecko wants to get him for this Anacott Steel whole deal but that guy seems genuinely like I want to take a small company and help it recover like he wants to do a moral thing yeah. And they won't let him. 
they stop him and then they have to try and bring him in to take over the airline so that he can do the right thing and get one over on on uh, on Gordon and that's wrought with issues so it, uh, is that he's how it actually works? the best character for like um, making the rest of the movie look like shit because he's actually a wealthy wealthy man who who wants to do something good but uh, then they ruin him by Charlie Sheen coming to him with insider information. Yeah. And then he capitalizes on that just insider information. Just to fuck over Gordon. So he's just as bad as Gecko. Yes, yes. That's that's so it. So everyone's right? fucking terrible other than Martin Sheen, but he's poor and has heart attacks. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so who are we cheering him? for? I don't know. I think we're cheering Cheer. for Charlie Sheen because he's the reality of everybody. Is just you get... You wake up into fucking life, you live, you get shit on, you work your best to get ahead. Most times it doesn't work, then you have a heart attack, and you fucking die. And Charlie Sheen's jail. everybody. Yeah. And you go to jail too for your troubles. Like yeah. his, or not Charlie Sheen, Martin, Martin Sheen. So. Yeah, you either die Martin. of a heart no, attack. No, Charlie Sheen's not that. Martin Sheen is that. You die of yeah, a heart attack right, after Sheen. having raised an ungrateful child who turns on you the first chance he gets. Uh, or you go to jail yeah, for for taking chances um, uh, for other people who don't appreciate your efforts. The shit he says to his father in the elevator is fucking heinous. Like it Charlie is, yeah. Sheen would be close to being out of the family. Like you forgive your kids, obviously, for a lot. But if you like pretty much bleed from the fingertips for fucking 30, 40 years so you can put your kid into a better life. And then he sells you out like you're a piece of trash, like you're a stranger. Like, I'd have a hard time coming back to that. I'd be like, you're my yeah. son, and it's, there's obviously that going on, but fuck. They, if they were cold. a little more distant, the, the father-son, but, like, they have beers together, they see each other, they chat every once in a while. Um, it, it's weird to me that, that um, Charlie Sheen didn't, like, talk to his dad before going into that meeting with the other union reps. He's like, oh, no, Dad, just show up. It'll be a surprise. Like, he would have probably said oh mm. dad this is the deal and he's like what son no let's let's have a discussion steady ambushes him basically and then the way that Martin Sheen walks out of that office embarrassing his own son pretty blatantly is is funny which I guess is a bit of anger because he wouldn't be happy that he was just ambushed um, well it, and uh, Char- Martin Sheen I mean um, Charlie invited him to his new house he was all excited for him to meet his girlfriend and his business partner and stuff his father I guess he's pretty, uh, you know, he's pretty honest there. Yeah. If I was his dad, I would have been mad just seeing the design choices. Yeah. I'd have been like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This is horrible. But like his father could have been a little bit more um, tactical and said, you know what? I feel like I'm, I don't feel like this is a good deal. There's reasons I feel that way, but I will take it to my men and talk to them. But I don't, I will not be telling them that I support this. He could have done something like that. Oh my god! Yeah, you're a piece of shit, fucking, and I'm and this fucking whole thing is, and my son's a piece of shit too. He's like gonna run this thing because he's a piece of shit, and I'm leaving. It's just like what? And then as father, yeah, he chases him out to the car, and Martin Sheen basically says, "Oh, I'm going to take this to my people. They they need to hear it. I'll just probably try and I'll tell them the real deal, which is about all he needed to say is be like, well." I don't think, think I agree with this, but I'll take it to my people. Like, that's the yeah, message you're doing. that's do. his responsibility. He has to do that. <laughs> but the thing he said to Charlie Sheen uh, in front of everyone about how he was just some bag boy and now he's going to run the company, <laughs> that wasn't cool. Uh, but it's legit. 
I know, but I'm just saying he said it in front of everybody. If he would yeah, have said no, that you're right. He didn't Sheen, need to be a huge dick to his kid for sure. Yeah. yeah, in front of can you imagine if my father would have done that in front of my like my business associates <laughs> and my girlfriend? I'd be pretty pissed off. <laughs> yeah, mm. like I could I could understand if uh, Gecko would have wanted to get rid of the company for that whole meeting purpose alone be like that guy fucking embarrassed my guy and embarrassed me in that meeting like this should have been a slam dunk this should have been sucking my dick and saying thank you and instead now we have one dissenter we're gonna sell the whole fucking thing but no that's not the way it goes charlie sheen's performance in that scene's bad too where he's pitching and stuff He, he does the exact same thing he does to gordon where he he kind of he's kind of like that overzealous super excited he's like going after the majors guys going after the majors you're with the like, winner. We haven't even decided on this yet like what are you talking about like you just proposed it to us we're going out who what do you mean we like yeah. who are you talking to <laughs> like that type of shit or when he's with gecko he's like you hired a winner all that stuff is terrible and when gecko says it he doesn't learn and he continues to do it i don't know why yeah i know yeah. I know. There's actually there's a good scene early on when Gordon gives him some money to play with. They're sitting at a restaurant, and then Gecko is just giving him some instructions. And then Charlie Sheen's like, "Oh, I will, I will not let you down. I'm gonna get all this goods." And you can see the look on Gecko's face. He's like, "What the fuck? I thought we were past this." Yeah. And then he actually he gets up and he's like, him. "Stop saying yeah. shit like that. Fucking stop it now and just start." Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, totally so tells him. like Charlie, I, I think I was starting to get into this earlier, but Charlie Sheen's first mission for Gecko is to go and basically follow Terrence Stamp. Um, so he does. And that's a little shady, I guess, but nothing that anyone couldn't have done. And people probably do more like he was no more than a paparazzi at that point, following him, trying to see what meetings he was getting into. Um, so that worked out. But then the next step. So, the, but he gets the information that helps like make them a ton of money. Um, so, is that illegal or not? I don't know. It seems more immoral than anything, but probably not illegal just to follow someone around if you know where they're going to be. But then, Bud's next step is to fucking under false pretenses get a job with a cleaning company, mm. which I I don't quite so that he can break get, into so that he can a break into a lawyer a lawyer's office and steal legal documents which thankfully that key file was in the first drawer he opened uh, labeled clearly <laughs> halfway through the deck do you know what lawyers fucking filing cabinets look like forget about it you're never Especially finding before anything computers yeah before computers oh my god so I, I was yeah that that wasn't good also, like, has Gordon Gecko never heard of private investigators yeah. who actually you can hire and have confidentiality agreements? Yeah. And, like, instead he hires a guy who has no experience in following Tailing. someone around or espionage totally. and just says, you should go do this? That makes no sense. And will later be at Gordon's side as some kind of advisor. So if you're like Terrence Stanford, you're like, this man looks familiar. Oh, shit. He rubs yeah. that in his face. I saw him across house. the street and in the elevator and at lunch and yeah. above. Because Charlie Sheen's not careful it. about any of it. He's basically no. got binoculars right in front of Terrence Stamp's face, like looking at him, being like, I'm not looking at you. Looking at him. Not looking at you. He's bad at his job. He, he also rubs he also rubs it in, in Terrence, Terrence's face when uh, he comes over because he... Well, as soon as he talks on the phone, he's like, okay, come over then if you want to come over. And he's like, hey, bud, you should stick around. And then when Bud yeah. meets him, they, he totally recognizes him from the elevator at that restaurant. Totally. So he's like, he's like, I did this to you 
see see this fucking guy. So I kind of like that though. Oh no, from Gordon's perspective, yeah. But but um yeah, but like it didn't make any sense that Bud was doing that. Yeah, like I said, you'd hire a professional person to to follow someone around and get information about them, not some fucking stockbroker at some shit ass firm. You can buy an ownership. Doing you can you can like buy stocks to get an ownership position in a company anonymously. You can fucking hire through other intermediaries, other private investigators or whatever to do what you, you can want. have private investigators that <laughs> just worked for gecko company that like were like his employees which yeah. would probably strengthen the confidentiality of what they're doing who they're following and looking into all right so we're probably we're probably ready to call this right uh oh, yeah yeah i think I th- we could I think drill this to the fucking is there anything right else? now i feel like we're yeah. in the minutia like last check anything else anyone wanted to to say uh, or you want to roll right into calling it who wants to call it first anyone feeling strong about it I'll do it I don't think this holds up Uh, for a minute I thought it might when we started watching it and then I very quickly learned that it does not I think the story holds a lot of value if told properly Um, I just don't think it's done competently here it's not an atrocious movie Um, you could watch it and enjoy yourself but I don't. I think as far as like holding the same, the same fucking power, and kind of symbolism that it did at the time, I just don't feel that it does anymore. Maybe we've been through too much. We've been through fucking. We do a fucking market crash every other year. It seems like now. So yeah, stocks and the fucking manipulation and all that stuff, especially after the housing crisis, is just way more in people's minds now. I feel like this movie feels a little bit simplistic and. Um, washes over a lot of the details that I think people know better now so I feel like uh, flat characters some bad acting terrible fucking cinematography uh, you know a really confusing kind of uh, theme <laughs> not a confusing theme just confusing it is done. confusing theme it is like what uh, is, what's the message <laughs> yeah I guess yeah it is confusing because what is the fucking message like we talked about there's those other two guys that give us the opposite feeling as we get from the two dads uh, yeah, it just it just doesn't hold up. I mean, if I'm thinking about what this movie was in 87 when it came out and what it is now, those are not the same thing. Um, I don't feel like this movie would be a particularly blockbuster right now if it came out. So, no. Pass. Yeah, and I, I also don't think it holds up and for all of the reasons we discussed. But the other thing about this movie is I think back in, in when it came out, <clears throat> you... Uh, you could see kind of Gecko's point and go, oh, you know, he's one of those villains who like, but he, he does make some sense. But now here in 2021 with um, the gigantically massive gap between the wealthy and the pe- the have-nones, uh, like the, the people who are worth $200 billion and people who are like struggling to even make 40K a year, I feel like... Um, this movie is completely out of touch and makes no sense in today's reality of of what has happened over the last 40 years since it was made like we see that greed is not good greed greed destroys countries uh and the 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 wealth income equality is is like it's it's like they wouldn't have been able to even fathom what it was going to become in 88 like it's it defies the imagination today. So this movie also is terrible, 
just like John said, its themes and its points are awful. Yeah. So no go for you, hey? <laughs> you know what? Brent's right, though. The first 15 or 20 minutes, it does seem like there's there could they could be salvaged. There's something there. Yeah. Quick, quickly, it fall once it starts tumbling. It it tumbles fast. Though. The ingredients of this movie are good. They're just measured poorly and then applied terribly. Yeah, with the wrong tools. Like yeah. even so, for a movie that's about trying to get rich and making it, you don't get to see much of that. Like Bud makes some money and then he gets kind of a skeevy hooker to give him head in a car and give him some drugs. But the drugs don't become a problem. He doesn't become a cokehead. He doesn't become an alcoholic. He doesn't go out like partying. He buys a place and tries to settle down with a bad interior de- decorator. So like yeah. he doesn't even he doesn't <laughs> even live terrible. the lavish lifestyle. And I get the sense that Gordon, her decorating's terrible. It's horrible. It was terrible in '88. Yeah, they they like make homemade sushi and they have wine, and and then she like lays in bed and he plays on his computer. Like, yeah, yeah, John's right. Where's the darkness? Even like, Gordon coming in. Even Gordon like. It, 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 he has a huge big office but I don't know it, it, it goes past it about being money for Gordon and just being about the power but they don't do a good job of making that happen either because what power has he got he has the power to destroy companies and sell them for money I don't know and then yeah Colin was definitely right about the, the, the scale of the stakes which in the 80s would have been huge but you got to take all of the million dollars talked about in this and then put that in billions for today so um, it just doesn't have the same impact. I don't even consider this a good period piece. No. Um, it doesn't encapsulate <laughs> this time in the 80s particularly well. It's more supposed to be a character-driven story, and the only sort of interesting character is Gecko, and we're not given really much else to to go on. That's I would say Sir Lawrence is actually the most interesting character, um, and maybe it's because less is more and we don't get to see a lot of him. But I actually really like the Sir Lawrence character. One of the best scenes is between Sir Lawrence and Gecko, and when they have that discussion in his his room, and then afterwards, he uh, Charlie Sheen and Gecko talk about Sun Tzu, and he says like, "I had to fucking let him have this." He's like, he was totally right what he was saying. Like, I he he's he's the stronger of the two of us, and he could destroy me. So I'll take what I can get, and I got out. So I thought that was like one of the most interesting scenes because it it had layers to it, and it was interesting. The rest of the movie is nothing like that, unfortunately. Yeah, if it was, it could have been something. Yeah, it's just not enough of a not. Yeah, the theme it falls apart at the themes. Interesting idea, very interesting idea, um, and and it's just in the execution. I think Brent's recipe analogy is very apt they yeah. used a blender when they should have used a sous vide <laughs> it's true oh, they did shit. use a blender they blended it up yeah so it does not they... does not hold up absolutely does not hold up i'm not i wouldn't be it's not unenjoyable it's not so bad you're laughing at it the whole time it's just it finishes and you're like oh like they don't yeah mm. i'm glad, glad they didn't have the crawl with like you know, Bud served five of a seven-year sentence and got out and was given a job with Blue Star. Like, that that bit of saying that he has a job waiting for him when he's done. How do we even know that airline's going to be alive? Like, uh. this, this is a perfect example of the whole arc Brent mentioned as well earlier about his arc of character not really being, making sense or being any good. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> like, making I sense. Was listening to it's the two critical factors for a character. They have to make sense or they have to be good. This is neither. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, I, I was listening to Tarantino talk about how Chevy Chase's characters didn't have arcs in a lot of the early 80s movies, and he liked that. And Bill Murray's characters did have arcs, and he didn't like that. And I was like, the only two really, really, really amazing movies Tarantino made were the ones where his characters had arcs, which was Jewels and Pulp Fiction had an amazing arc, and, uh, and Jackie Brown's character and Jackie Brown had an amazing arc, and unfortunately... The uh, Bale Bondsman character didn't have an art. He couldn't change to, to allow himself to go with her. And those are his two best movies. And the rest of his characters don't have an arc. They just, someone does something to them and they get revenge and they kill them. The end of the movie. It's yeah. just like, okay, well, the, and they're great. The dialogue's great. The action is great. The acting is great. But at the end of the day, they feel a little hollow. And that's w what happens when you don't have an arc of character. For someone, some character we have to follow. Uh, the other one with Johnny Depp, uh, Le the Vegas one with Johnny Depp is the same. Uh, Fear and Loathing? Fear and Loathing, no arcs in those characters. It, it just feels hollow at the end of the day. Like no one learned anything. Uh, they were the same as when they started. They're just as fucked up and crazy as from the beginning of the movie. So um, it was a fun journey, but why did we go on it at the end of the day? Yeah, and this was not a fun journey. And I still ask, <laughs> no. why do we? No, I mean, fear and loathing is a <laughs> no, million I know, times funnier than but this. But it, it's the thing, <laughs> yeah. right? If you if you don't have arc, because you're watching a historical piece or a, a factual, like this is a slice of life, this happened, and now you're you know you might not be better for it, but it was so crazy or so engaging or so interesting that you know it's going to suspend your 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 disbelief. But this movie is just like, yeah, doesn't do that. It doesn't do that, and it doesn't give us anyone to like to cheer for the whole like do the right thing and maybe you'll you'll either <laughs> you do the right thing you'll either go to jail and there'll be people who are doing the same or worse things who won't go to jail so there's a nice little message for us and then if you, <laughs> if you do yeah. work hard you probably get too stressed out and die how did sir lawrence not get in huge trouble for his participation in this he also too should have went down because he yeah, was helping we, his We don't see Gordon. Deal. We don't see that. Like, that's all the fucking... We, if they were showing all that stuff, we'd be complaining because they showed it all. It doesn't fucking No, matter. I'm just saying... I'm just saying that that's why this movie's themes are so bad because... Because, uh... Because Sir Lawrence was doing it to help out Blue Stars and his father, it was okay. But it wasn't okay when Gordon did it because he was trying to fuck Charlie yeah. Sheen's father. It's just so as illegal. Terrible. Yeah, ex like everything just they were as doing is just as illegal on the other side. In fact, is it wrong to steal a loaf of bread to steal a starving family? Yeah, is I it know. wrong to fucking do insider <laughs> trading if you're fucking over a dick? <laughs> yeah, to and make that a guy rich guy millions, even more rich because he's millions noble. of dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and and give him control of an airline as well. Like, what the fuck, man? That shit was terribly illegal. Yeah. yeah. And like just rich people don't always make good uh, business runners. And Gecko from the start is like airlines are horrible. They're so unpredictable. And even if you're good, you can get fucked. So there's nothing to say that Sir Larry would um, not have a tough time. And then by the time Bud gets out of prison, he's like, look, it wasn't going well. So I had to sell it all off. And I took that 10 mil in the pension fund. 
blah blah blah. <laughs> it's like it could just happen tomorrow. <laughs> There's no guarantee. Well, they said they wanted an ironclad deal to make sure that yeah. he wouldn't break up the company whatever. or whatever. And I don't think agreed. that's he possible. To that. Honestly, yeah, I don't think yeah. it is too. I think that that was the only believable thing was that Gecko wrote some kind of a memo saying he wouldn't do that to them and he was doing it anyway. Yeah. Because like you said, it's probably not possible to like stop him. Yeah. <clears throat> Bad oh, movie. Oh my, oh my. <laughs> yeah, no, this is not great. Not great at all. Uh, yeah, and rewatchability, no. I mean, we did laugh mm, at some really. of the Daryl Hannah acting and the Charlie Sheen acting, so I guess there's some funny redeeming qualities and then laughing at this movie. But yeah, ultimately, no, this is a real disappointment. Um... Uh, okay, so next Sunday at noon, we're going to have a surprise episode drop, and then we'll figure out our schedule past that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's a pleasure to have you, and as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.